this is tasawwuf. So now we see something interesting that Islamic law and faith and tasawwuf all come together. You can't have one without the other. Tasawwuf without Islamic law is a dalim. Islamic law without tasawwuf is maghdubi alayhim. To bring both together and amta alayhim is both. Then he says, Rahimuhullah, وَزَجَّرَ عَنِ ارْتِكَابِ الْمَفَاسِدِ بِذَمِّهَا وَذَمِّ فَاعِلِيهَا وَبِمَا رَتَّبَهُ عَلَيْهَا مِنْ عِقَابِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ وَإِهَانَتِهِمَا He says, just as he has praised the people who observe good, maslaha, he also has rebuked the people of evil, those who do evil, and mentioned that there are tremendous punishments for people who do evil in the hereafter. And then we talked about this last night. He says, al-mafasidi." He says, there are certain synonyms in the sacred text for the word maslaha and mafsada. For example, al-mahboob, something which is beloved, is considered maslaha. Wal-makroo, rebuked, is something which is considered mafsada. Wal-hasanat is a synonym for good deeds, for what? Maslaha. وَالسَّيِّئَاتِ Evil deeds is a synonym for مَفْسَدَةِ وَالْعُرْفِ عُرْفِ means something which is evidently good. People see it as evidently good and it aligns with the foundations of Sharia and doesn't violate the sacred text of Sharia. It's called معروف. So it's a synonym for مَصْلَحَةِ وَالنُّكَرِ is Something evil, right? Khadr says to Musa, you did something, nukra, like something really, and Musa said to Khadr, like you did something really bad. Munkar, yani. Is a synonym for mafsada. Wal khayru wa shar, khayr good, is a synonym for maslaha. Shar is a synonym for mafsada. Wal naf'u wa dur, aw dar, benefit and harm, right? Maslaha, benefit, mafsada, harm. والحسن والقبيح Something beautiful is recognized as maslaha Something as qubh or qabih Ugly is seen as mafsada Talking about acts Actions And then we talked about this last night There's an important adab And we should think about this Especially for people making memes And you know they don't, they don't mean any harm by it But it's important that we respect the sacred We live in an age now where the sacred has been domesticated that should concern us. He says, the shaykh, وَالْأَدَبُ And etiquette is, أَلَّا يُعَبَّرُ عَمْ مَشَاقِ الْعِبَادَاتِ وَمَكَارِيهَا بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ أَلْفَاظِ الْمَفَاسِدِ That we do not talk about worship or good using the terms of mafsada, like evil, this sucks, man, this is hard, blah, 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 blah. We should not use this kind of terms to talk about good deeds and acts of worship. And similarly, he says, وَأَلَّا يُعَبَّرْ عَنْ لَذَّاتِ الْمَعَاصِي وَأَفْرَاحِهَا بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ أَلْفَاظِ الْمَصَالِحِهِ And he said, and we should not talk about sin, even the pleasure of sinning. We should not discuss that pleasure in a way that implies it's a maslaha. Both of them should be kept into their own context. And this is where we stopped. He says that 
وجلب المصالح ودرء المفاسد أقسام That bringing benefit and preventing harm, the major axiom of Islamic law, has different types, different levels of intensity. The first is al-dururi, al-necessity. Sayyidina Imam al-Shatibi says, ma la budd minha, something which we cannot do without. So a benefit that we can't do without is like our health, like food, like drink, like healthcare, like housing. Some mention manakih, marriage. فَهَذَا لَا مِنْهَا Without it, without food and drink, we can't worship, we can't function. So this is called الضروري. That's why in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to eat from the haram if it is going to keep us alive. فَمَنِ اضْطُرَّ غَيْرَ بَاغِيُ وَلَا عَادٍ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورُهِ Whoever is under compulsion, that's why the Qur'an allows someone, if they're being threatened with death, to say, I'm not Muslim. Because the preservation of life is a maslaha. So the first is al-maslaha al-dururi. La budda minha. Life won't function without them. The second is al-haji. I need it, but I don't have to have it to live. I don't have to have it to function. But it makes life better. He's going to give some examples in a second. Which is like, you know, like the cherry on the ice cream, man. Like the syrup on the kunafa. You can still have the kunafa, but the syrup makes it better. So he says, الْأُخْرَوِي And then he says, the necessities related to the hereafter, the masalih of the hereafter, feel are in obedience. So now priorities, if I'm thinking about my life and what I'm what I'm you know passionate about, first and foremost, in front of me has to be the maslaha related to the hereafter. Because the pleasure and happiness of the hereafter is going to be saved from hell. Allah says that whoever is saved from hell and enters paradise is going to truly be a champion. And that the dunya is nothing but a mirage. So in front of me as a Muslim is heaven. And what's going to make that happen is obedience of Allah. We'll talk about that in the gene later on. It's coming. But right now, we're just laying down foundations, right? We'll get to specific examples. That's a great question. So, Islam is very different. It says that the maslaha, the first major maslaha is to think about what is going to bring me success in the hereafter. Permanent happiness. Walhaji huwa as-sunan al-mu'akkadat and then the secondary kind of maslaha, the needs are to observe the sunnah. So the first is zurb the fard, the second is the sunnah, al-haji. 
Why do you think he says something interesting, right? And now you can appreciate something. We said that the Dururiyat are those things which are a necessity for life. In this world, in the next. But when he talks about life in the next world, Al-Haya, he knows that it's intrinsically linked to worship. Because for the people who sacrificed the evil of this dunya, what is called life, they will experience true life in the hereafter. Subhanallah. So as oxygen is a necessity to live here, observing the obligatory acts is the oxygen of Jannah. That's what's going to bring me life in the hereafter. If you pay attention, his language is very beautiful. That's why Allah says, that Al-Akhirah hiya darul hayawan. That Akhirah is the place where you can kick it. Akhirah is the place where you're gonna live. And that's why the Quran amrina. We sent you the spirit. The Quran is the spirit of life for the hereafter and for this life. That's why Allah says, Istajibu lillahi wali rasuli ida da'akum lima yuhikum. Answer Allah and his messenger when you're called to what will give you life. So what is the necessity of the physical world? Food, drink, oxygen, health, love, support. What is the necessity in the hereafter? The fard. For life in the hereafter. There's something really important in Islamic law. That oftentimes the language of crime... Physical crime is used to talk about mistakes we make in our relationship with Allah. For example, the Prophet said, don't steal from your prayer. doesn't mean you actually steal from your prayer, but it means the treasure of Salah, the innumerable awards, rewards and blessings associated with Salah. A person who fails to pray correctly is, someone, is like someone who stole from themselves. Subhanallah. And for those of you who are joining live on Instagram temporarily, we're reading through a book that covers one of the major foundational theories of Islamic law, the foundational theory, which is bringing benefit and preventing harm or preventing harm and bringing benefit. The universals which inform the mathahib, the universals which inform the jurist, the universals which inform the mufti. The second type of need that he mentions, uh, the second type of maslaha that he mentions in the hereafter is a need, and that's to observe the sunnah, to build on the khair. And then a takmili is to observe, you know, the permissible acts which do not, just temporarily, just for a few minutes, take us away from Najin uh, 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 just temporarily, that take us away from that don't take us away from worship. Like spending time with our family, mashallah, being with our kids. All these things are very important too. And could be also necessities in certain situations. But in general. Then he says, The necessities of the dunya, as recognized by Islam, food, drink, clothing, family life, health, 
والتكميلي منها والحاجي منها is left and this is interesting he said the hajiyat of the dunya are left to you like what maybe like getting training from my job right doing certain things that enhance my professional uh, ability all this is a need وَتَكْمِيلِ مِنْهَا كَالْأَكْلِ الطَّيِّبِ وَالشَّرْبِ الَّذِيذَاتِ وَالْمَسَاكِنَ الْعَالِيَاتِ وَالْعُرْفَ الرَّفِيعَاتِ وَالْقَاعَاتِ الْوَاسِعَةِ <laughs> And then he says that the lowest level of need you have in the dunya is to have a big house, to be big pimping, as they like to say, to have it going on, to have a lot of money, the freshest shoes, the PS5, the bronzer, the concealer, you know what I mean? All of the things that we see now, contemporary world has made a necessity in the dunya. Islam identifies as what? Yani, it's not that important. And as we talked about this yesterday, we see where Islam is at odds with the ethos of Western life or secular life or irreligious life. And even at odds with how Many Muslims are living now in the Muslim world. That the primacy is the hereafter. And within the dunya, there are certain foundational necessities that do not include the bling. The bling culture is considered takmili. The last on the list. Then he talks about what, what are the benefits then of establishing things? What do we mean by maslaha in the hereafter and maslaha in the dunya in a general way? He says, وَالْمَصَالِحُ الْآخِرَةِ ثَوَابُ الْجِنَانِ رِضَى رَبِّ الْإِنسَانِ وَالنَّذْرْ إِلَيْهِ He said, you know, some of the benefits of the hereafter for someone who establishes these priorities, is first to be in Jannah, to be forgiven, to see Allah, and to be near to Allah. And of course, the mafasid of the akhirah are the punishment in hell, the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to be distant from Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says that the, the means for you to achieve masalih in the akhirah will not stop, right? Are, are restricted to the dunya, right? So, of course, there's a difference about what people can do for the dead. He's, he's here saying in general, right? The general idea is use your time. And that this will not stop until you die. This constant need to try to limit mafasid, increase masalih. Increase masalih and limit mafasid. And then he says, how do you as an individual locate masalih and mafasid? The first is with your limbs, with your body. What do you use it for? 
So he's saying, how do I use... And what he means by this is a much more broader kind of term, like, especially times in my life where I have great capacity. So now we see the importance of being young, man, and utilizing your youth. So am I utilizing my body, my talents, my strength, my physical gifts, my youth, my wisdom if I'm older? Am I using this for masaleh or not? That's the first. The second are the masaleh associated to my attitudes. So what are my attitudes towards God, towards religion, towards faith, towards the community? Am I learning? Or is my understanding of religion something I've inherited from others who are not qualified to teach religion and largely crafted in a pot of presumptions? That's a problem. The third are the masaleh related to the heart. What is my heart attached to? What moves me emotionally? What drives me to be a better person? What, what pushes me as a motivation for my life? Is it good or is it evil? So there's masaleh tata'allaq. Which are associated with my life and my age As also evil Is associated with those things Then there's masalih Associated to my mind and my emotions and my heart As there is evil And then there's masalih Associated to my attitudes And my outlook As well as there are evil that's so why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the hypocrites, They assume bad of God. But the believers, Allah has spoken the truth. The messenger has spoken the truth. Alhamdulillah. That takes us now to what's called Al-Wasail. Al-Wasail. Because as you recall, he said that Maslaha is a good in what leads to it. And an evil, and what leads to it is mafsada. So he expanded something here. In Islamic law, we have what's called muqaddimat al-wajib and muqaddimat al-haram. Muqaddimat al-wajib means that thing which will help me establish an obligation. An example would be the alarm on your phone to wake you up for fajr. This is called muqaddimat al-wajib. Muqaddimat al-haram the example that we gave earlier is like I've, if I'm in a place where people are doing haram and I'm not doing it, I may do it. So we have a very important axiom that says, Al-wasailu laha ahkam That the causes take the ruling of their objectives. Oh, wow. So now this expands the idea of the good, not to just my own personal space, but into policy. So for example, if I'm in a masjid, and I noted in that masjid that people are having serious mental health issues, and then I say, you know what, I need to partner with clinicians to serve the needs of these people so that they can have better lives, this is muqaddima al-maslaha. I am now 
laying out a strategy that allows people to achieve one of the maslaha, which is preservation of the mind. When the Prophet said, I will free you if you teach 10 children to read. This is a muqaddimah for the intellect. When the Quran commands that we have witnesses on marriage and other family relations, this is, an, this is leading to the maslaha of honoring people and justice. In a personal example would be wudu. Wudu is not fard. But wudu becomes an obligation when I need to pray. So the, the means of salah took the rulings of salah. Another way that we express this in Islamic law is ما لا يتم الواجب إلا بأدائه فهو واجب what does not allow us to establish a fard except with its practice, then that thing became fard. And whatever causes us to establish something which is forbidden, became forbidden. So you can think about triggers and anti-sa'ira as here. Both of these are going to be what triggers good, what triggers evil. So suddenly, and you need to pay attention to this, what did he just do in the text? He took a very, very individualistic idea of good and did this with it. Expanded it. So, yes, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, no, Sheikh, just wanted to say, I have to say in this context, now that I read on Islamic psychology principles that I shared with you, uh, that there is so much need around substance use and for Muslim families also um, talking about gay and lesbian curiosity in their young children's mind. Um, uh, the, the, the domestic abuse or violence and divorces that we talked about. And I know, I mean, uh, that we have to be the advocates for our clients, right? So we have to protect their interests. Um, I always preface it with the parents that you have to be present in these sessions. It's not like I have to fix your child with something. You are part of the solution here because you are the empowering person. When the child will go back into the home environment, they are dealing with the same interactional deficits or their strengths perhaps may not be as um, enhanced or supported. And the whole family has to engage in them in that therapy process. Same goes, I think, as you mentioned, and beautifully gave the example of why um, institutions like Masjid can be a community center where families can then be surveyed for what sort of mental health issues might be present. Uh, I am sick of hearing about stigma in the community, whether it's communities that are non-Muslim or communities that are Muslim. Uh, when when somebody or a family is really suffering, this shouldn't even be an issue to bring up that, oh, we are worried about the stigma. Mm. Because I think that right there is contradicting the issue of Masaya, that we are not doing the benefiting part because we are too worried about uh, uh, somehow the other trying to pretend and maintain a fake state of being all fine and hunky-dory mm. when that is not the case. And we can think about this in marriage. Why is it so hard yeah. for people to... How is the system of marriage now 
within the Muslim community. And we need to appreciate the fact that the age of the individual is a new age, right? Mm-hmm. hundred years ago, we all lived as community. And some Muslims are still thinking about communal ideas of marriage, the particular of that applying to the age where our kids can get on apps and get married. Mm-hmm. Right? There has to be a balance is what I'm saying. But, but, but if we think about how, if you ask most young people, I'm, I'm not that old, I remember this when I was trying to get married, man, marriage is, is seen like, you know, a, a formidable foe, not an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. So where's the maslaha now in the process of how people establish even their lives? So what you said is extremely important. The Sheikh, he says, لِلْمُصَارِحِ وَالْمَفَاسِدِ أَسْبَابٌ And what we want to understand maslaha is, just to make it clear for everybody, is good coupled with happiness. Right? Good that brings about ultimately a happiness in the hereafter or even here. And mafsada is an evil that is eventually going to bring pain. Maybe not here, maybe some people like to do evil. But it may bring about pain in the hereafter. So he says both of these have causes and means. And I just mentioned this axiom that the means take on the ruling of the goal. So if the objective is marriage, the objective is mental health, then the means to achieve those which are recognized as maslaha in sharia, they took on the same ruling. Now this is very important. He says that the maslaha have to be, and this is where fiqh now comes into play in this really important universal study, is that the maslaha sometimes will be an obligation, the maslaha sometimes will be considered forbidden, as we talked about, not recognized, the maslaha sometimes will be considered makruh, the maslaha sometimes will be considered permissible. So all seven or five rulings of sharia, wajib, haram, Makru, Mandub, and Mubah, the Maslaha is going to take those rulings based on its relationship to the text or the presence, if there is no text, of the cause in the Maslaha that allows us to align it with it, with the te- where there's no text, to align it with one of the Maqasid. Vaccine is a great example. You have, you have some fuqaha, people are saying, listen, I have to get the vaccination during Ramadan. What do I do? Break your fast, get the vaccination. Because of the preservation of life. Can I reschedule at night? No, well then break your fast. Make up the day. What's, the, what's generating the answer is masalih. And now you can see the danger of the neo-salafi school that says, everything has to be from Quran and Sunnah. We just said that a component of maslaha as recognized by traditional Sunnis is when there is no text in Quran and Sunnah. So where does that leave people? Or it has to be in the madhab. Where does that leave people? And that creates an Islamic law which is unable to function or to to calibrate answers in situations that are needed. So the Sheikh, he says, 
he says something really nice here too. He says, وَلِلْوَسَائِلِ أَحْكَامُ الْمَقَاصِدِ مِنَ النَّدَبِ وَالْإِجَابِ وَالتَّحْرِيمِ وَالْكَرَاهَ وَالْإِبَاحَ وَرُبَّ وَسِيلَةٍ أَفْضَرُ مِنْ مَقْصُودِهَا 